Lambing is obviously a crucial time of year for sheep producers. Much hinges on the preparation of new condition, feed, shelter, single or twin bearing, mob size, and when they all come together, well, the benefits have perhaps never been greater. In this episode of The Yarn, we hear from one of the best at managing lambing. Hello and welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. Tim Leeming has developed a strong following for his precision lambing model based around his Western Victorian sheep business. As a veteran lifetime ewe consultant, he very much practices what he preaches, weaning about 10,000 lambs a year and has seriously learned from his mistakes over the years. I caught up with Tim to talk through his extensive and very valuable work. Yeah, look, uh, we've sort of been farming for a bit over 20 years and as a myself and, and, and also as a partnership with my wife and 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 uh, yeah, I suppose it's been very fortunate to be involved with um, industry programs such as Lifetime U and, and various other extension sort of programs over the years. So that's got gotten me, um, I suppose, opportunities to visit heaps of farmers uh, in the southeast of South Australia and southwest Vic and meet some really good operators and, and, and enthusiastic people in, in the sheep industry. So you started with Lifetime you way back in 2008, so you've obviously had a lot of groups and influenced a lot of people. What is it about Lifetime you that's made such a significant difference to so many people? Um, I think, you know, the, the, the design of Lifetime U as a course was extremely um, innovative and in, in, in new, I suppose, as far as extension goes because of, of that on-farm practical side of it. It was, um, you know, not a classroom-based. It was, you know, going to each other's um, property on, on each of the six sessions a year Um you know, doing a lot of repetition with condition scoring and assessing feed on offer. And um, so it, it, it actually did more than just teach. It sort of bonded a lot of farmers together and, um, and it enabled to share war stories and, and um, extract all the good. And, um, and yeah, I think that's, that was the power of it. Um, and now I suppose, you know, it's, it's such a... There's a real fear of missing out at the moment because if you haven't done Lifetime, you you know what rock have you been under? <laughs> so um, it's it's a great course and and um, yeah, been really lucky to be involved in nearly 20, I think, um, of those courses over the years. So for those that have haven't listened and are not offended by Tim's comments, <laughs> um, Lifetime, you basically puts you in touch with your sheep production system. It, it teaches you what energy is required throughout the life cycle of the ewe and how best to deliver it is that kind of a rough yeah, assessment yeah so i mean it's really looking at the the calendar year for for a ewe and and um looking what we need to feed her you know to get optimize our, our our conception rate and then looking at that pregnancy period and and trying to maximize our um, lamb survival and and you survival as well yeah, and uh, you know, feed budgets, um, all those sort of things are, are a part of the program and are really important. So it, it you know, it, it served a really good purpose in in um, lifting lambing rates, basically, and 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 also with a big animal welfare um, emphasis. So I think 
there's well over 5,000 farms that are across Australia that have done Lifetime U now, and it's had an influence over, well, would have to be half the, the, the sheep flock in Australia. So there's a very large alumni, there's a large number of people that have done or are aware of the, the course. From your perspective, what next? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there is a few programs that have been uh, out there in, in, uh, in the last few years that have added on to the, the Lifetime Year program. So there's, you know, um, high-performance wieners and there's been a lifting lamb survival um, workshops. So they're, they're great programs. Um, but really, I think we need to build on, on uh, it's probably, you know, putting pressure on AWI and, and MLA to sort of, to harvest that um, that enthusiasm from Lifetime U to look at what what is next and where we've got to go because there's a there's a hell of a lot of people that just need to um, I think get back together back to their old groups and 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 find out what they can fine tune a little bit further with lamb survival we, we, we've got so much more room to improve and mm. yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. So, yeah, there's, there's been Winning with Wieners, Ramping Up Repro, um, yep. the MLA program that you mentioned around lamb survival. Yep. Um, so there are a few sort of areas, but are you suggesting that there's there's the opportunity to, to really make some bigger inroads as a collective group uh, in those same Lifetime U groups? Yeah, I think I think so. And a lot of the Lifetime U groups might have even formed into, you know, Best Wool, Best Land groups, um, for instance, or other um, farming groups, um, but I, yeah, it'll be it'll be good. It, it is certainly a, a massive asset there for for anyone to tap into to, to supply that next step. Um, and as I said before, we've still got miles to go as far as um, improving our reproduction in the sheep industry, and that's from from fine wool sheep right through to prime lambs, um, sheep industry as a whole, and and uh, so. Yeah, let's um, let's get our heads together. I think, and in in, um, trying to uh, to tap into it. Well, on that note, you've led the way personally. You you run a sizable operation yourself, and you've become quite famous now. If you don't mind me saying that, <laughs> you've become quite famous in that you have uh, precision lambing. Yep. So, um, tell us a little bit about your operation and uh, how you go about it. Um, yeah. Well, we were fortunate to, you know, we've we've increased our, our property size and business um, over the last twenty years, and and I think you know, lamb survival and being in a prime self-replacing prime lamb flock, um, we've always looked at ways to to get better results, and you know whether that's conception rates or right through to lamb survival, and you know over the years we've you know we started off with six week joinings and we went to you know five and then four and now we you know now we have we lamb over uh, 15 days and we have strategic breaks in between and we've always been big on analyzing our data and and um and that's you know whether it's uh, mob data down to actually paddock records as far as does this paddock suit that pregnancy status of you you know what are the what are the implications of of lambing there as opposed to there so what all that came down to over 10 or 15 years and then being involved, being very fortunate to be involved in the Maternals Project, which was a real research trial that, uh, that really focused on, on how maternal sheep sort of performed under different influences of feed on offer and, and weather and, and that so forth. So 
after all that, we've we've developed a system that we think has been very consistently performing um, as far as lamb survival. And, yeah, that comes down to lots of Excel spreadsheets and lots of uh, little paddocks with mob size. You know, mob size is something that has now been proven um, to be a big benefit for lamb survival. And, you know, we noticed that back 2005 and it was a lot of whinging to a few... Um, service providers to actually do that research but it 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 did prove what we um we already sort of probably knew but it was um there's lots of things um it's a game of one percent as lamb survival there's so many different um things that are important so um just getting back to the joining the 15 day joining i mean that's not even a cycle how can you do that yeah well, yeah, we did start at seventeen, obviously, and then and then we we um, we have a strategic break between our first main lambing and our second lambing. So we um, we use vasectomised rams and teas for twelve days now instead of fourteen, and then we tea uh, join now for fifteen rather than seventeen, and it's all just trying to get it nice and neater and and um, quicker and uh, more precise. Um, so that's the only real reason. Um, and, you know, we want to reuse the best paddocks on our farm multiple times. Um, so every farm, whether you farm at Streatham or Strathalbyn, um, you've got uh, good, bad and pretty ordinary paddocks to lamb in. And it's being able to look at your environmental asset, your farm, and go, OK, well, where does my prevailing winds come from? Where's the bad weather going to hit me consistently? What paddocks are going to... Um, Give me the best results to weather those storms, so to speak, and um, and reusing them, and that's what precision lambing is all about. So we lamb, <clears throat> we count the fetuses in, we count the lambs out of those cells, we then spell that paddock for for um, two and a half weeks, and and we get our foo levels back up to where we want them to optimise, you know, the mismothering and, and intake, and we then lamb again. And go again. So you're at uh, Balmoral and you have gullies and hills and you, mm. I understand you put the triplets in the gullies and the, the twins on in the hills the valleys, and, and, the, yep. and then the poor, the poor old singles, singles just get the top of the hills. Yeah. And is that yep. pretty much how it is? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So we've, we've got, I think, some of the best lamb survival paddocks in, around with the, our nice um, northeast facing valleys and, and things like that. But we've also got tops of the hills, which would be you know at 300 metres above sea level with no red gum trees and their balls of badger they are some of the worst paddocks in the in the in the region so you know from experience it's nothing more unnerving and and disappointing when you've lined up feet on off a condition score um has done everything right and then you're driving around your ewes because it's come in horizontal rain and wind chill to severe over three days and you're throwing big, fat, juicy, twin-born lambs on the back of the ute, dead as a doornail, that really grates um, and it, it's something that um, has happened to me a few times in the past and I just don't... I, I, it's, it's expensive. It hurts. It hurts, mm-hmm. yeah. So for people that are listening to this, um, where can they go for more information on this? Because, as you say, this is, uh, this is sort of the, the next tier up from Lifetime U. Um, where can you go to learn a bit more about this? 
Yeah, we've got a website at um, precisionlambing.com. You can look on that, and there's some YouTube um, videos and, and various things there um, that you can get some more information on. So you can go there. Um, there's heaps of really good service providers, and I think we're very lucky in southern Australia, from West Australia, right across to Vic and Tassie, and there's some people with some real passion in this area, and I think we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, which is great. I don't know how you've been able to manage to all this. I mean, you, you've worked as a, as a consultant for many years. You've been a lifetime you coordinator for many years. You, you run a sizable prime lamb operation as well. We haven't fully declared just how big your farm is because it is considerable. And the role of the merino in that now. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We manage a bit over 1,500 hectares and yeah, wean about 10,000 lambs annually. Um, we do run a, um, a, a seed stock business, which we don't sort of bang on about our seed stock business much. I, I get so much more thrill out of out of our commercial side of things, which is more relative to, to our clients and other people out there in the sheep industry. But... Yeah, you know, we've been using breeding values since I started farming and managing a farm in 95 and I've, I've always bought rams with breeding values and with some encouragement from some local service providers and consultants, um, we had a go at the, right, let's, um, let's tap into the, um, the breeding values that are now on offer in the merino industry and, um, and look at some of the fantastic things that are, that are happening in the modern merino world and let's combine the the best of the with the best so to speak so we've yeah we've been joining some merino size over our composite um, maternal use and breeding a, um, a first cross sire so we're in our fourth year this year and you know uh, it's it's providing a um to a market and a, and a bit of interest that has been around for a while now I think, you know, people have got a lot more confidence now. Um, they want an easy care sheep. They still want to have wool value and carcass value. And, and I think, you know, there's, there's been a number of reasons why these sheep have come about. I think there was probably some maternal sheep that were neglecting all wool. And, um, and, but also there's, there's, there's a market out there where people um, that are buying in uh, replacement ewes are paying more and more and more and more money um, and they actually uh, would like to breed something with a little bit of performance behind it. So what we're talking about here is the first cross U market, so the traditional uh, border Leicester Ram over a Merino U and those those ewes are at right now well over $400 scanned in lamb on auctions plus so they're just getting ridiculously expensive in a, in a non-self-replacing system. So the driver for this was to produce a, a, a different type of first cross unit? Yeah, I think certainly there's been a number of people that have bought um, these, we, we call them quarterbacks, so they're a quarterback influence by the time they go into a flock. Um, but, yeah, they're essentially they're, a, they're an alternative, I suppose, to people that might want to select, you know, the best out of their first cross use and use this sire as a self-replacing or a stabiliser. So something that can... Um, keep their wool value there but also at the same time um, improve the carcass traits also make that sheep more easy care all the all the all the merino size that we use are non-mules bare breached um, have got those uh, free growing wools and better on on the on the positive side they've got fat and muscle and growth and fertility as well so 
Um, we're really excited about plucking all the good size out of the Merino Select database now and, and, and combining them um, with our maternal composites to, to breed a um, pretty exciting sheep, really. That fits into a self-replacing model? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yep, absolutely it does. So, yeah, there's a number of you know people that might have a traditional wool flock might even, and they want to keep wool value on their sheep, they might want it to improve a bit of carcass and growth and they can use that sort of sire that you know they might go out a few micron these these size as yearlings have varied in three years from 23 micron to 24 one they increase uh, fleece value from a from a composite point of view by about 18 to 20 percent and they reduce micron by as much as sort of six to seven micron so um by the time you take those yearlings out to a to a grown sheep, you'd add a couple of micron. But we've seen in you know the last three years particularly that if you can keep your wool microns at that 28 or lower, there's there's a significant premium, and and that's sort of a real attractive thing about these rams as well. So how stable is that? Um, is the genetics of that? You've got quite a lot of breeds flying around. Uh, if in a self-replacing. Um, uh, flock. I mean, do, do they throw one way or the other, or is it relatively stable? That's um, a good point, Maris. Um, yeah, I think you know you're going to obviously dilute a bit of that hybrid vigor um, with, with that sort of thing. But um, yeah, well, I mean, we kept the the progeny of, of these rams for three years ourselves up until last year. Um, lambdoms, you lambs, lambdoms, one and halves. Did microns and fleece values on the on the wool? Looked at the lamb growth rates, that sort of thing. There's always compromises, um, so it's it's really satisfying a market, Maris. Um, and you know, if you're grabbing sires out of the Merino Select database that are that are performing really well in in that dual purpose sense, and you're doing the same in the prime lambs, and you're combining the two, I don't think you're really going to go wrong. Fair enough. We've covered a fair bit of territory, Tim. Um, finally. Uh, just how do you feel about the future? I mean, you, you've achieved so much as, as a farmer, as a consultant, as someone who's sort of uh, led the industry uh, on a very practical level. What excites you these days? Um, the most exciting thing is the amount of younger people, and maybe it's because I'm getting older <laughs> that everyone seems younger. But um, I think there's been a real... And especially um, maybe locally, as you're familiar with Maris, there's a lot of young farmers that have come home in the last five to ten years. Um, a lot of them are tertiary educated as well. So they've got a, quite an educated look at, uh, look at things. And, and, and I've, that gives me such a buzz. To, and we've got a lot up where I live, young girls and guys that have come home on the farm. That is such a stimulus. I love it. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we're, we're really seeing a bit of a... You know, we've had good seasons, there's been good markets in, in all commodities in the last five years and that is so encouraging for, for agriculture in general but also the sheep industry. So the, uh, the next generation is pushing you along and, it does, and yeah. challenging yeah. at the same time? Absolutely, and that's what we need, I think. So that's always, that keeps, um, keeps you on your toes. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Tim, thank you very much for joining us today in a freezing Hamilton. Best of luck for another lambing, which uh, you're on the, on the brink of. And, um, yeah, thanks for having me on with us. No worries at all. Anytime, Maris.
Tim Leeming of Paradu Prime and Precision Lambing. And needless to say, there are a lot of resources around lifetime ewe management at wool.com. Well, I hope you really got something out of that valuable time with Tim. It's always great to hear from leading farmers. And given this, send through your ideas at theyarn at wool.com, follow AWI at Wool Innovation on Twitter and Facebook, and Beyond the Bale on Instagram. But as always, from me, Murray is coming. Thank you for your company, and we look forward to it again soon. <laughs>